welcome to the Happy Gut Podcast. I'm Jamie Wagner, registered nurse and gut health coach. I believe that gut health is central to your health and well-being. On the Happy Gut Podcast, we talk about how the gut affects every aspect of your health, including your digestion, skin, hormones, mental health, mood, behavior, cravings, weight, and well, basically everything. If you're struggling in any of those areas, then you're in the right place. Or if you simply want to implement healthier habits so you can live more vibrantly, energetically, and joyfully for a longer time, then you're right where you need to be. On the Happy Gut Podcast, my goal is to empower you with science-backed information so you can fix your gut and live your best life. Let's dive into today's topic. Happy Tuesday and welcome back to the Happy Gut Podcast. Today we're talking all about estrogen and hormones and how they're related to the gut, as well as the birth control pill. I always say this, but your gut connects to pretty much every area of your body and can have positive or negative effects on those parts of the body, depending on how healthy your gut is. Just to preface this episode, I'm getting the majority of my information from what I learned through my gut health certification class through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, as well as Dr. Jolene Brighton's book called Beyond the Pill, which I'll put in the show notes. So when it comes to your hormonal health, your gut could very well be the reason you might be having certain issues like cramps, PMS, irregular or heavy periods, acne, headaches, weight gain, fatigue, anxiety, irritability, and more. Your gut is in charge of absorbing the nutrients from the food you eat, and this helps your body to create hormones you need and break down excess hormones, as well as detoxify. Your gut microbiome must be healthy in order for your body to get rid of excess estrogen, since excess estrogen is excreted through your stool. You actually have something called an estrobilome, which is a big group of bacterial genes that metabolize and help to keep your estrogen levels balanced. The healthy gut bacteria make sure you have just enough estrogen in your system. Like Goldilocks, not too much, not too little. We want that estrogen level just right. When the estrobilome is off, it can activate too much estrogen, which causes estrogen dominance. Estrogen dominance is when there's too much estrogen in your system or when there's not enough progesterone to balance it out. This can be caused by that imbalance in the estrobilome or exposure to endocrine disruptors, high stress levels, and a diet high in processed foods and low in fiber. All of these relate back to the gut though, so your gut can very much impact your estrogen levels in your body. Symptoms of estrogen dominance in females are irregular periods, PMS, weight gain, bloating, fatigue, brain fog, insomnia, mood swings, and low sex drive. In men, it looks like loss of libido, low sperm count, breast enlargement, and infertility. So let's talk about what happens in the body to process estrogen. Active estrogen passes through your liver, where it's converted into a less active form called estrogen metabolites. Estrogen metabolites pass through the liver a second time and become inactive. Inactive estrogen is carried out of the liver via bile and into the GI tract. Some is absorbed into the kidneys to be passed through the urine, but the rest goes through your GI tract where it encounters the estrobilum. If that bacterial population in the estrobilum is balanced, a small amount of estrogen is reactivated and absorbed back into the body. The rest is passed out through your stool. The problem happens when the estrobilum is not balanced. In that case, the bacterial population can affect the amount of estrogen that's reactivated and reabsorbed back into the body, and this is where estrogen dominance can occur. 
The speed of your GI tract's motility can affect how much estrogen is reactivated. If your transit time is slowed down or your stool is moving slowly through your GI system, bacteria have more of an opportunity to reactivate more estrogen. If your gut is inflamed, it will be leaky like I talked about in a previous episode, so make sure you check out that episode on leaky gut if you haven't already. And this allows activated estrogen to leak back into the system, also leading to estrogen dominance. When you have dysbiosis or an imbalance of gut bacteria, estrogen levels can become too high or too low in the body. This imbalance of estrogen is linked to an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. Beta-glucuronidase is synthesized by several types of gut bacteria, and it's an essential part of the body's natural detoxification process. It's helpful to you until it's not. Just like with estrogen, balance is important. Too much beta-glucuronidase equals more estrogen. When your gut microbiome is full of bacteria that increase beta-glucuronidase activity, the estrogen burden on the body can increase. Beta-glucuronidase converts estrogen metabolites back into their active form so they can re-enter circulation, and when this happens, they bind to estrogen receptor sites throughout the body instead of being eliminated through the stool. I know this is a lot of sciencey stuff, but hopefully you now understand that having dysbiosis, leaky gut and inflammation, slow motility through the GI tract, and other gut issues can cause problems with your hormones, specifically estrogen, leading to symptoms like PMS, irregular periods, cramps, acne, weight gain, and more. But there are ways that you can support your estrobilum to prevent this. Many of these are the same as taking care of your gut microbiome. One important way is to eat a healthy diet with enough fiber. High-fiber diets, specifically more plant-based diets, are shown to lower beta-glucuronidase activity, as well as speed up the flow of food and waste products through the digestive system. This allows less time for reabsorption of estrogen to happen, therefore avoiding estrogen dominance. Another important way to support your estrobilum is to stay hydrated. This helps when consuming more fiber, and it promotes healthy bowel movements, allowing for proper elimination of estrogen. It also helps to feed your good bacteria with prebiotics and probiotics. Prebiotics are foods like fruits and vegetables that have good fiber content. Certain probiotic strains can help boost the estrobilum, such as lactobacillus acetophilus, which may lower beta-glucuronidase activity. Reducing the amount of added sugar you consume can help as well. High sugar intake causes your cortisol to increase, which is a stress hormone, which can lead to hormonal imbalances. Extra sugar is also stored in fat cells, and these cells secrete estrogen, which can lead to estrogen dominance. High sugar diets can also lead to insulin resistance, which can lead to PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. Another thing to keep in mind is lowering your exposure to synthetic xenoestrogens. You're probably wondering, what the heck is that? These are man-made estrogen-mimicking compounds that are considered endocrine disruptors, and repeated exposure to these can lead to endocrine or hormone-related health problems. BPA, or bisphenol A, is one example, which is often found in plastic products, so it can be helpful to switch from plastic products like water bottles and Tupperware to glass or stainless steel, as well as getting less toxic personal care products. It can help to filter your water, as well as shop for organic produce. Xenoestrogens, or endocrine disruptors, can be found in many different places, though, even including furniture. I'll talk more about environmental toxins in a future episode. Other specific things can help to support your estrobilum, such as phytoestrogens, which are natural plant compounds that mimic estrogen in the body. 
Some of them bind weakly with estrogen receptor sites, which prevents active estrogen from binding to these sites, which may be helpful in dealing with some estrogen-driven health issues. For example, there's a link between lowered breast cancer risk and higher consumption of phytoestrogens. Phytoestrogens are found in many foods, including cruciferous vegetables, flax seeds, soybeans, and more. Phytoestrogens aren't inherently good or bad, but they can play a role for better or worse depending on the individual. So take that with a grain of salt. Some studies show that they, are, they lower the risk of cancer, and some show that they are endocrine disruptors. When getting these foods, look for high-quality organic options, such as organic fermented soy, for example. It can also help to eat foods high in D-glucaric acid, which is a precursor to a beta-glucuronidase inhibitor, which will keep those levels lower, which is good, so that estrogen metabolites aren't converted back to their active form too much, avoiding that estrogen dominance. Plant foods are a great source of D-glucaric acid, including apples, apricots, broccoli, bean sprouts, cherries, oranges, and tomatoes. I also encourage you to be mindful of alcohol intake. Regular alcohol intake has been associated with higher levels of estrogen in the blood or serum estrogen and has also been linked to the development of SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Alcohol is processed in the liver and so is estrogen, so it'll put processing estrogen on hold until it's done with the alcohol. Another thing you can do is seek out testing. You can do this with an endocrinologist or a functional medicine practitioner. Personally, I prefer seeing a functional medicine practitioner since they generally have more knowledge about the gut microbiome and how it affects hormones, and they have a wide variety of different tests to try. There are also stool tests available out there that evaluate beta-glucuronidase activity in the gut. All right, now let's talk about the birth control pill. The pill is given out like candy these days, and while it seems to be a great option for preventing pregnancy and even lessening hormonal or period symptoms, it has its problems, and many people don't know about these problems. The pill absolutely wrecks your gut. Birth control pills disrupt normal gut flora and can lead to overgrowths of bacteria or yeast, which we do not want. You might have super obvious symptoms of gut issues, but sometimes they can be subtle too. So it's important to realize that just because you don't have horrible IBS or other digestive issues, your gut could still be negatively impacted by your birth control pill. And like I've said before, your gut affects every aspect of your body, so your birth control pill could be messing up your gut as well as other areas of your body. The pill can also cause inflammation in your GI tract, causing leaky gut, and can dysregulate your immune system. This can increase risk for autoimmune disease. Leaky gut has also been connected to polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS. PCOS is known to be linked to inflammation and imbalance of insulin. Some studies are showing that imbalanced gut microbiomes in leaky gut cause the immune system to create inflammation, which causes problems with insulin receptors and ups the levels of testosterone in the body. PCOS is often treated with the birth control pill, but it may just be a band-aid to the problem and actually may be doing more harm than good. And get this, there is a 300% increased risk of developing Crohn's disease, which is an inflammatory bowel disease or IBD, if you take the pill. 300% increased risk. The birth control pill can really piss off your immune system, leading to autoimmune conditions to show up or flare up. So if you have a family history of an autoimmune condition, taking the pill could potentially trigger that for you. The pill has also been associated with other autoimmune conditions like lupus, multiple sclerosis, ulcerative colitis, and more. 
Not only that, but progestin-only pills in a study were linked to an increase in eczema, hair loss, hives, and joint pain. The pill can also cause thyroid problems, and your thyroid is connected to your gut. I'll do an episode on this gut-thyroid connection at some point in the future. The pill can also contribute to adrenal fatigue. The pill can cause inflammation, which causes your adrenals to release cortisol, or that stress hormone, to try to lower the inflammation. Over time, it can be too much for your adrenal glands, leading to HPA axis dysfunction. This can lead to difficulty waking in the morning, having low energy and feeling fatigued, can lead to sugar and carb cravings, getting sick frequently, irritability, depression, anxiety, weight gain, especially in the abdominal area, acne, lightheadedness, and more. The pill also depletes certain nutrients such as vitamin B6, and lower levels of B6 increase your risk for stroke and heart disease as well as diabetes. The pill also depletes folate, magnesium, vitamin B2 and B12, vitamin C and E, zinc, selenium, and antioxidants. All of these nutrients play different roles in your body, but they're all very important. So if the pill is depleting them, that can cause issues with how your body is functioning. Many people know the risk of blood clots with the birth control pill, and it's very important to know this risk and take it seriously. I actually know one person that's gotten a blood clot from the pill in her lungs, and this person was very active and lived a healthy lifestyle. I've also taken care of patients as a nurse who have gotten blood clots from the pill, and these are young teenage girls. It can be very, very serious since clots can move to your lungs or your brain. Research also shows that the pill increases risk of cervical, breast, liver, and brain cancer, especially if the body is exposed to synthetic estrogen for a long period of time. The pill can impact your mood and mental health in a negative way as well. It increases risk for depression and suicide, which is really, really scary. Many women have the question about fertility and coming off the pill, and many women are told that the pill does not cause any problems with fertility. There is more research that needs to be done on this, but one 2015 study showed that the pill lowers a hormone that indicates a woman's ovarian reserve, even after correcting for other potential variables like age, smoking, obesity, and more. These changes may not be permanent, though, so that's good news. But it's hard to believe that taking a pill, especially long-term, that causes inflammation, nutrient depletion, ovulation shutdown, and more wouldn't cause potential issues with fertility. There's a lot more information in the book I mentioned called Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton, so I won't expand on this now, but it's just something to note. I am not telling you to get off the pill. Definitely decide that with yourself and your doctor. But it's important to know the risks of taking the pill, especially long term. If you want more information, again, I encourage you to read Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton. It's loaded with great information about what the birth control pill could be doing to your body. All of this to say, if you think you have a hormonal imbalance, maybe you have bloating, irritability, mood swings, heavy painful periods, weight gain or trouble losing weight, brain fog, migraines, headaches, gallbladder issues, depression, anxiety, fatigue, memory issues, insomnia, too short or too long of periods, PMS, low sex drive, bad cramps, infertility, abnormal hair growth, thinning hair, acne, very oily skin or hair, PCOS, amenorrhea or missed periods, or other concerning symptoms, it could be beneficial to look at your hormones. And not just get on the pill to quote-unquote balance your hormones, but getting to the root of the issue. Looking at your gut health as well as your environment and the toxins in it, your stress levels, and more. 
There is so much that I covered on this episode and so much that I could expand on, but I hope this was overall helpful to you in understanding the impact of your gut on your hormones, as well as the dangers of taking hormonal birth control, especially long-term. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at It's Jamie Wagner or via my website, which you can find in the show notes. I also want to remind you that my Food Foundations course is on sale at a discounted price right now, so find the link to that in the show notes if you want an in-depth course about the foundations for nutrition for good gut health, along with a bunch of gut-friendly recipes and other helpful resources. It's an incredibly helpful course, so I really encourage you to check it out. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Gut Podcast. I'll be back next week with another episode. If you liked it, I'd love it if you could leave a positive review. I'd also love it if you shared it with your friends and family, maybe your coworkers, maybe your uh, barista, whoever. You can find all sources and a link to my website in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at It's Jamie Wagner. See you next time.